0: Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all.
1: Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hello. Hey Maddie D. How are you? Not too bad, how are you? I'm great. You look really tired today. I am really tired today. Matty D's been acting up a storm. <laughs> He's yes. been, you know, treading the the floorboards. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? Treading Boards. Treading the, the boards. The stage boards. The stage boards, whatever you say, whatever that turn of phrase is. And you're doing like a four-hour play. So you're doing like, in some circumstances, two four-hour plays a yes. day. Yes, as Man. in yesterday. Yeah, there you go. You did Eight hours. And you've just come from doing one now. Yes. So you've got to bring the energy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God, You brought to that four hours to this recording. Oh, I'm it so... It won't f- be four hours, I promise. <laughs> I'm so zapped, but I'm here now. I'm yeah. here. If it wasn't obvious from the title already this week, we're doing one of our movie talk episodes where we get to sit back and relax a bit. I think Matty D needs a bit of a break <laughs> yes. this week. But yeah, we're going to sit back and relax and just talk all things movies for a change. And again, as you probably surmise from reading the title this this week, we're talking about childhood movies. But before we get into that, let's talk about, you know, children of a different kind. So, very popular amongst the children at the moment is an app called TikTok. Uh-huh. And for some reason, Matty D decided that he's a 12-year-old and really yep. loves... The TikTok app.
0: The TikTok, you lame person, (laughs) you lame boomer.
1: It's just TikTok. It's just TikTok, is it? Okay, so I don't actually have it or use it myself because, you know, I'm a man in my mid-30s. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I'm not interested in 12-year-olds dancing and lip-syncing to songs like you are. But. Mm An issue that you seem to keep having is, and I really wanted to address it on the show because it's something that's, I guess, ties into it with the show in a way. An issue that Matt keeps having, and he keeps complaining to me about it, yet he doesn't seem to feel the need to rectify it at all, (laughs) is that he'll be sitting there scrolling on TikTok or whatever you do. Is is it just how does TikTok work? Can you explain it to me? Uh, And anybody scroll?
0: Any adults out there who may not be familiar? You scroll. It's a lot similar to Vine. They're little short videos. I don't know what Vine is. You
1: scroll up, and it shows a little short video. Can be people dancing. Can be Alright, so it's like random nonsense, right? Yeah And you just scroll through random nonsense yeah. and you never know what you're going to see it could so be... Sometimes they put little snippets of TV shows and things Sometimes, So you it... see like lots of children dancing, right? Skits, oh well, And no. what's the appeal of that? A
0: lot of old people are now on TikTok, they're taking over, we're taking over
1: What what but... content on there really draws you in? What sort of stuff is like, what gets you really excited to, to boot up the TikTok app? It's just a good way to kill time, to be honest I can't to even time, to be honest. describe what's on there, but just a bunch of random stuff. Some people do like little characters, which I love. Sure. Yeah. There was a series. I think I saw it on YouTube rather than TikTok. There was a series where this guy was like every action movie ever. And he had like a series of skits where he'd do the entire movie and it was just all cliches. I mean, yeah. that appeals to me. Yeah. That's something we like to explore on this show. But... The thing that Manny D keeps complaining about to me is that he'll be all excited to see a movie and then someone will post a scene from the movie, usually like a pivotal point, a big surprise in the movie. Yes. Po- I was going to say potentially spoiling it for Manny D, but actually spoiling it for Manny D. And he's just like, oh, man, I was all excited to see this movie and now the big scene's been ruined for me. And it happens every single <laughs> fucking week. And he still hasn't learned his lesson.
0: Yes, no, I haven't. And it- and I got uh, Spider-Man... Spider-Man was spoiled for me sure. The Big
1: Twist was spoiled for me uh, Elements Strange of Doctor mob- Strange Yep
0: It's been spoiled for me Chip and Dale has been spoiled yes. for
1: me So many movies Basically any movie that we've covered on this show And we're waiting to see The day that the movie is released I usually go out and see the movie as early as I can mm-hmm. To kind of avoid spoilers And I'm also excited to see a lot of the movies And usually see how well we did But Matty D likes to wait But you know Because he's sitting there on TikTok all the time <laughs> He's getting all of these big moments spoiled for him Because I'm a trendy youth Right, okay. And then you get annoyed about it every time It <laughs> yeah. still doesn't learn his lesson. If anything, if you know a movie's coming out and you want to see it and you're excited to see, you should just stay away from TikTok through that period. That would be smart. Or you should just remove the app altogether from your phone. <laughs> that would be smart. And then smarter. do something else more productive with your time. You could start reading a book to kill time. Yeah. Like on your phone, you can get like one of those book apps. Like you've got a Kindle on your phone. But can I see people doing dance trends on a book, Kieran? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I mean, depends on what the book's about, but yeah, I, I suppose not, but you could... Like I said, I could probably think of more productive ways that you could spend your time. Even if you just open up YouTube and watch like a, a like a YouTube series on something, would probably be more beneficial and less brain rotting than, I don't know, whatever it is that you're looking at on TikTok.
0: You just don't understand, man. You just don't I, understand. I feel like
1: I'm it's, the father. It's an art. I'm like the father who doesn't understand, trying to tell like his kid what he should do. <laughs> and poor Manny D's like my son. <laughs> And I'm just like I don't get it. He's just like, oh, if I don't do it, I'm not going to be trendy in the playground. Yeah, all the kids will make fun of me if I'm not on TikTok. I mean, they do anyway. But <laughs> do
0: they? Damn it!
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Anyway, let's let's move into uh, you know the actual bulk of our show. Oh, by the way, if you want to put one of our previous movie predictions to the test, you currently can because in cinemas right now is Top Gun Maverick. Yes, finally. Hold on, am I reading that correctly? Top Gun Maverick is actually out. It has been the most delayed movie that we've ever covered on our show. Originally, that was uh, New Mutants, and then that was Ghostbusters Afterlife, but Top Gun Maverick has been delayed for so long that we recorded the original episode two years ago, over two years ago, and it's finally out. And there are a lot of people that have
0: been pestering us for our Top Gun episode. I mean, we did do our Top Gun episode. Well, we've done half of it, yeah. (laughs) Pestering us for the actual spoilers episode. That is coming, but we had to wait so long for this movie, so I know a lot of people who listen to the show are going to be very, very happy to go watch that movie now. I know
1: <laughs> this time next month neither we'll be of us doing were, it. but, you know. This time next month we'll be doing the actual spoilers for mm. it because we have to. Well, we can't do it now. We can't go out and see it today because no. these episodes are recorded in advance. Then we, that would only give us two days to watch the episode and then do our actual spoilers. And then the following week we've got a big important plot prediction to do. And so, yeah, it's going to be the actual spoilers after the next one. So everyone can be all excited. It might be three weeks rather than four yep. weeks. So yeah, yep. get excited for Top Gun Maverick. And they can stop yelling at us about it. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, I think it's dropped down to 98% on Rotten Tomatoes currently. Ah, okay. It may drop even further by the time we see it. But, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. But it's getting glowing reviews. That's good. And I think it's had at least 100 reviews at this point. So it's That's not good. like there's just two really positive reviews. One from Tom Cruise and-, <laughs> and whoever he's dating at the moment. Yes, yes. But actual film critics are watching the movie and saying it's pretty darn good.
0: I mean, it's it's got big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, it's a very well,
1: popular movie. Yeah, I guess it so, is but a popular movie. That, that first movie like didn't do that well. Critically, it's not acclaimed. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's a beloved movie. It's audiences beloved love movie. it, but critics did not like it. But it seems like it's well, it could be well loved by audiences. But it almost feels like it's the inverse at the moment, where the critics love it and audiences haven't seen it. So who knows if they love it or not? Yeah, but we'll we will see. Could be time will tell. The, it could be the movie of the year. Could be. We we didn't really like Top Gun as a movie, the
0: first one, no. the original one. So maybe. We might be converted.
1: Yeah, so I never grew up watching Top Gun. It wasn't a movie I watched as a young man, so I don't really have the same attachment to it that a lot of people our age do, because it's very much a childhood movie for people. Yeah, me neither. I'm on TikTok because I'm a youth. Yeah, exactly. But let's get into talking about the movies that we did watch when yes. we were children. Do you see how I uh, brought Love it Love that. There? You are so good, sir. Should we say who requested this? Oh, yes, we should. Just quickly. Yeah, uh, can you cover that?
0: A fan of the show, listener of the show wrote in, Gave us Uh, this idea. His name is Luke. Yes, Luke also sent a Sonic episode. And don't worry, Luke, we have read it. And we will read it out when we cover... Oh, did he do a
1: a prediction for Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Yes, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We we will read it out. I was going to say, it's a bit late (laughs) for the first Sonic the Hedgehog.
0: No, no, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And we'll read it out when we cover our actual spoilers for Sonic. And anybody else who has any, you know, predictions for any movies, Sonic or other, that they want to chip in, feel free to send it. We will... Chip and dial in. We will chip and dial in, yeah. We will read it. Speaking of Sonic. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I know. (laughs) Don't want to spoil anything. But we will read it um, on air and uh, by looking at Luke. Luke's prediction. I think he he probably guessed a few things that
1: <laughs> I don't think we guessed. But anyway, I've seen the movie. He sort of suggested to us, "Oh, I want." You, I wouldn't you down. I wouldn't downplay our predictions, having seen oh, the yeah? movie myself. Yeah? yeah.
0: Oh, good. Well, that's good. That's good to know. But yeah, uh, Luke sent in said, "Oh, you guys should talk about childhood favorite movies," and we yeah. both thought that's a great idea. We haven't. We've covered a little bit about. Our histories with movies yeah, that's previously, right. movies that were, you know, if you've listened to our show, you might notice that there are certain movies that are beloved to us yeah. from our childhood, but I guess this is a good time to just talk about it.
1: Yeah, exactly, with like a more finer point. So if we're ever covering a franchise that's part of like a, you know, that we've had a history with, if it's a movie series we watched as children, Toy Story, for example, yeah. we'll always talk about our connection with the movie and whether we liked it or not. But this is a real chance to really dive into our favourites. The stuff that really cemented us as like... Film fans, I suppose. The reason we get up in the morning and do this podcast is because of these influential movies in our lives. So, I think the first thing I wanted to explore is, you know, where did it all start? What was the very first movie that you saw in the cinema that I I suppose that, uh, well, it could be any movie, it doesn't have to be a movie that you like, but what was the very first movie-going experience for you in the cinema and what was that movie? Matty D, would you care to dive you into it? You
0: will laugh at me. Now, I do think that I probably saw Star Wars before this, but my memory of it is very, very foggy. But the m- movie that I remember seeing in cinemas, the earliest movie I remember seeing, right. was Godzilla,
1: the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. You didn't go to the movies until, like, 98? That was 97, I think.
1: Yeah, it could have been 97. I think during our Godzilla episode, I said it was from 98, but I think you are right. I think it was 97.
0: But yeah, that's the first movie I remember seeing in the cinema. Really? hmm And what was the cinema-going experience?
1: I like? loved it. Okay. I was in love with that movie.
0: I was waiting for a sequel. I was like, this is amazing.
1: Now, really cast your mind back. I don't know if you remember this, but really cast your mind back. What was it like actually going to the cinema for the first time? Were you aware that such a place existed? Did you really understand, you know, what a movie theatre was? I mean, this was 97, so you're already like, what was it, five at this stage? (laughs) Something like that, So, you're probably familiar with watching TV, what what a cinema is. So,
0: a lot of my early memories of movies is watching movies on TV at home. Sure. This particular experience, I think I was with parents and I was with also other kids my age, friends of mine. yep. And I remember buying popcorn, which would lead to a popcorn addiction, addiction yeah. at movie cinemas, where I'd buy the biggest popcorn I can every time me and Kieran go to the movies, or every time I go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the movies is a magical experience, right? Visiting a cinema is a magical experience. I just yeah. remember sitting down, watching it, being blown away by the, wait for it, wait for it, the visual effects of Godzilla.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed with Godzilla when it first came out. i got to say, I, that was a movie I was desperate to see. Like yeah. I was counting down the days to see that movie. Opening day, I went and saw it. And I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved that movie. It's not one of my, you know, it's not a movie that we're here to talk about oh, today. it's
0: not a movie that's dated at all. But at the time, I was dated. like, well, sorry. Yeah, it has dated. But um, it's not held up at all. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, this movie is great. It's so much fun. I loved Matthew Broderick. I was like, he's yeah, my favorite that's a lot character. Of fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was the first movie I remember seeing
1: with any clarity. I'm sure I would have gone to the cinemas and watched something before. Do you remember that Harry Shearer and Hank Azaria were in that movie? Yes. Isn't that weird? Like, oh, and I think Lisa Simpson was also in the movie too. Why were there so many Simpsons actors in that movie? No idea. Just randomly. Yeah, random. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But yeah, you you went and you ate popcorn for the first time in the cinema, mind you, you probably ate popcorn before then.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's funny, my uncle used to say he he always used to take me to the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. Me and him had a really close relationship where he would take me to the cinemas, we'd watch a movie, and then in the car ride back home or the car ride back to his house, if I was staying at his house, we'd talk about the movie and theories about the movie. And he he told me later on in life. Must have been
1: a quiet car trip home from Godzilla.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I don't think not, that's not much to say about I that. With that with my parents, but sure, yeah. He said that like whenever I, as a kid, would go and watch the movies, I'd get like a choc top ice cream and a popcorn. You right? still do, and I still do. <laughs> and then by the end of the movie it was like the ice cream was all over my shirt the popcorn was all on the floor still is it still is and I was like oh was I like a messy well yeah I guess I was but like he was like no you you sat down and watched the movie as a kid your
1: mouth was hanging open you couldn't <laughs> swallow the food in time it got, was just flowing out of apparently
0: <laughs> young Maddie D watching movies I would be so transfixed by the movie completely just focused and absorbed in whatever world was happening on the screen that I'd like take popcorn and I'd miss my mouth and it would fall <laughs> like that's how into it I was and then when the movie was over You'd go to lick the ch- Top just smashes into the side of your face <laughs> exactly, or in my shirt. I just and when I like when I left, all I it's would melting do was, down your hand. Just for the next few hours, was just not shut up about the movie. Like, oh, this happened and this happened, and what do you think this means? And when they said that, what do you think that means? And like in a childhood way, fan theory, you know, things of that nature. So, those are my earlier memories of of cinema. But Godzilla yeah. was the first one I remember with any particular clarity.
1: Yeah, wow. There you go. Yeah. So you were like, like you said, you were five years old when you went and saw that. Yeah. But like, like you said, you were already familiar with the whole movie-going experience because you would have been yeah familiar with it through pop culture. I think I, rem- I think I did watch the Star Wars movie when that came to cinemas. That was ninety-seven, the same year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it would have been. it so was the re-release. Time. Yeah.
1: Of uh, of episode four. Yeah. A new hope. That was actually the first time it was called a new hope instead of just Star Wars. Really. It Was back in ninety-seven when okay. they re-released it. So you would have watched that. I watched it the same year. Yeah. Uh, I also watched Empire Strikes Back in cinemas. I remember going all the way to like a city because we lived in the country. We had to drive yes. all the way to the city to actually see <laughs> Star Wars. Some of the movies didn't come to our town as well. well that's right. Did you watch Godzilla in our town where we yes. grew up? Okay. Yes, I did. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, the first cinema going experience that I had was all the way back in 1992. Wow. And I would have been three years old at the time. Yeah, I would have been three years old. And the movie that I saw for the very first time was Aladdin. As in oh. Disney's Aladdin. And what a fantastic experience that was. That's great. Sort of going to see that. Now, interestingly enough, because I was, I was three, I was still in preschool at that time. I wasn't really familiar with the whole concept of what a movie theater was. So, my mum told me, oh, we're going to the, the movies. I just went with my mum. Mm-hmm. We're going to go see a movie. And I was just like, oh, okay, we're going to go watch a movie like we would at home. So, we actually got to the cinema, and this is the exact same cinema where Maddie D and I actually went there over Christmas when we went back to visit relatives back in our hometown. The cinema is so cheap. It's still there, and it's it's not exactly the same as it was when I was a kid. So, when I was a kid, they had, like, this bright red carpet and yes. black walls. Do yeah. you remember that at all? Uh, not well, no. And what they used to have in the lobby of the cinema, they used to have, like, a TV screen that showed trailers for movies that were I playing. remember that, you yeah. Remember? That was a very long time ago. Yes. And they had, like, lounges where you could sit and look at the, the TV while you were waiting for the movie to start. I remember going in there and sitting down, like, getting comfy and watching the TV, thinking that's where we were going to watch <laughs> Aladdin. <laughs> And so my mum was like, oh, we're going to go in and see the movie now. I was like, well, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm ready to watch it. <laughs>
0: so she You would have me-
1: just been used to a TV, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're like,
0: okay, well, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and the trailer for Aladdin was playing on the TV. So I was like, oh, here's the movie we're going to see. It's going to start after these trailers are finished. So I'm sitting there with like probably like a little box of popcorn. I don't remember in this much of detail. This was, geez, 30 years ago. Yeah. So I don't remember everything in like super crystal clear detail. But yeah, I remember my mum being like, oh, we're going to go see the movie now. And me being surprised. Going into the cinema and just having my mind blown, I was just like, oh my God, you can watch movies like this? And yeah, that I guess that cemented me as a cinema fan for life. Mm. Wow. I guess that now leads us to the continuation of that experience, or I suppose possibly going even further back in some regards for you. What were the top three movies that you had? What were your three most watched, favorite of all time movies when you were a child? So let's say before the age of 12.
0: Okay. So do you, do you want me just to rattle them off?
1: Oh, let's go one at a time at so a time. you do one I'll do one until we get through our list sure sure so for
0: me one of my favorite movies when I was a child one of the earliest movies I remember being a favorite movie was the original cartoon version of Peter Pan
1: oh really I- the Disney one
0: yes the Disney one did
1: it come out in 1940 I want to say 46 yeah 47
0: yeah yeah when I was a young kid. <laughs> could yeah,
1: like 30s. It could have even been thirties. It could have even been the late thirties now I that I so. think it's about a very
0: it. Very old, very old movie. Very topical, right? For a certain movie we've covered recently. Yes. Or so I've been spoilt on the TikTok. Yes. That, okay, well there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh I, I was obsessed. You know when you're a kid and you, you have a movie and you're just obsessed with the movie and yep. your parents hate it because they like play have to play it on repeat or So the did time. you own
1: it on like videotape? VHS, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you actually own the video. Yeah, yeah. watch yeah, it over video. and over again. Yep,
0: would watch it over and over again. Loved it. Loved Captain Hook. He was my guy. He was my oh,
1: favourite yeah? character. You know, I actually dressed myself up as Captain Hook and went to school dressed as Captain Hook. I did the exact same thing. And <laughs> what did your costume involve? Because mine oh, was actually quite interesting. I um, I
0: can't remember. I remember going to what is the equivalent to like a um, like a, a thrift store with my right. mum and she bought actually like- Yeah, she bought pirate pirates stuff. Like, okay. And it was all just like- Raggy clothes, like just like sure, okay. stripey shorts and like stuff. A secondhand like a second hand shop. Uh, yeah, exactly, saying. exactly. Okay. I was
1: like, I'm a pirate now, mum. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, so that my was my costume question. I didn't have that luxury. So and I, a coat hanger. Yeah, of course. I didn't have that luxury, so I just used whatever I had around my bed oh, yeah? to make my costume. <laughs> so I had like an akubra hat on, with like a with like a a, a cockatoo feather sticking out of it <laughs> to be his pirate hat. Oh yeah. I had a dressing gown on to be like his robe. I did the dressing gown as well. Yeah, I had like a little red dressing gown on, and for the hook, I didn't have anything that resembled a hook. I didn't even think of doing like a a coat hanger. So I had a, like a, a one of those like rubber puppets that you got from like Pizza Hut of um, Splodge the Kangaroo for a blinky <laughs> bill, and I wore that on my hand, and that was my hook. That's amazing. <laughs> So it's just, just this kid walking around with an akubra hat with a feather sticking out of it, a dressing gown, and splodge the kangaroo a puppet on his hand. That was me as Captain Hook. What I used to the part in uh,
0: Peter Pan that I loved. I loved the fight scene at the end where they are sword fighting. Yep. I think on a cliff is where they did it.
1: No, it's and, on a pirate ship.
0: Oh, but there is a bit where he fights on a cliff. And oh, yeah, you're right. Captain Hook falls in the water. I don't know why. I just thought that was epic and amazing and awesome. And when I was a kid, I would play that out yeah. by myself. Yeah. And how I would do that is like in my lounge room, like the area between my lounge room and my kitchen, like there's a seam where the carpet stops and the tiles begin. Right. I'd like, I'd lie on my lounge room floor, no my kitchen floor where the seam is and pretend that was the cliff and hold my like fingers out to the seam there. And right. then fall in quotation marks you just roll over and, and, just, and just like push with my hands push myself down so it's just me just like slowly pushing myself along the floor pretending to fall to my death
1: uh, as Captain Hook well this obsession with uh, Peter Pan as well might actually explain why one of your favourite childhood movies as well is Hook which, which we talked about in our overrated episode yes which
0: fed into me wanting to watch Hook which fed into me loving that movie yeah. uh, and at the time in my childhood Robin Williams would have been my favourite yeah, actor absolutely. I would say so yeah definitely it's all it all comes together
1: Listen that episode if you haven't listened to it already I think it was our last movie talk episode we did so it would be number nine but I was also a huge fan of the Disney Peter Pan movie as yeah, well great but I, this is something we're going to cover a little bit later on but I'm not going to talk about this specific movie but I was actually frightened of the crocodile in the movie. Oh, really? Whenever the crocodile... Because Captain Hook was my favourite character, so I was always empathising with him, and he was always my man. So when the crocodile would turn up and he'd shit himself in fear and be like, Shmi, <laughs> it's the crocodile! I'd be, like, scared and hiding. Like, whenever yeah. you hear, like, the... <laughs> 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 that would freak me out, and I'd run and hide behind the lounge and just, like, peer over the top, Terrified. And then, of course, quite like you, when Hook came out, I was desperate to see Hook because I was just like, oh, a sequel to Peter Pan where he's grown up and it's got Robin Williams in it. Fantastic. Obviously, I didn't didn't think it held up particularly well as an adult. I still love it. But you still love it. You've got that connection that I didn't really have. Mm. So my first movie that uh, I used to watch all the time, this is one that I used to have on videotape as well, VHS as well. Can I just diverge for a second? Yeah, Sure. I don't like saying VHS. I don't like to say, oh, I owned it on VHS. I get that that's what the medium is called. But when I was a kid, I always used to call it videotape. Yeah. And I think everyone called it videotape. It wasn't until DVD was introduced that suddenly everyone was saying VHS. Yeah. I don't even know what VHS stands for.
0: Video Home (laughs) System. I think
1: it could be right.
0: I don't know. I'm not. An I remember expert. playing. This is no one's going to get this, but I remember playing Day of the Tentacle, and they referred to it as a VHS, and I was like, "What's that?"
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is something that's only come about in the, like the last 10, 15 years yes. or so. People starting to call it VHS, but yeah, I used to call it video as well. But yeah, when DVD came around, obviously, I'm just watching a it movie. DVD. Yeah, watching a movie. I'm watching a yeah, I'm watching a movie. There was no other format. It's not no. like you could watch anything on digital. I right. mean you could watch it on TV or you could watch it on VHS. I used to have those double Laser disc. Yes. We used to have the laser disc players, right. I remember. I remember I used to have
0: that uh sort of machine that you put two tapes in and you could tape one <laughs> So we yeah. used to Sorry. Sorry our uh, blockbuster or whatever uh, Everyone what did, you, did this, Maddie D. Uh, yeah, I was I was stealing so movies. Had, My family
1: was stealing videos. You had two VCRs. Yes. And you'd put a blank tape in one side and you'd play the movie in the other and you'd have the inputs going into the other VCR with a blank tape and you would just tape the movie from the rental shop from Mm -hmm. Blockbuster or Video Easy or Civic Video wherever you got it from, and that's how you pirated movies yes, back in the that's, day. Yes,
0: that's it. Or or you'd watch it on free-to-air TV, and you would pause every time the ads were there. Yes. And so, if you I go back- the, I'll, get into, in <laughs> go I'll back- get into that in a sec. I'll get into that in a sec. If you go back and you watch it, you got bits missing, and you got all- Sometimes you get the old ads as well, in yeah. your old tapes. You're I'm like, oh cover my that. god, I remember that. I'm going right, to cover I'll that, that in look-
1: detail. So, the one of the movies that I had on videotape, or VHS, and one that I used to watch all the time, basically to the point where the tape wore out- was 1988's Land Before Time.
0: No way. Sorry, the
1: Land Before Time. No way. The Don Bluth movie. So, this is the very first Land Before Time, as I said, came out in 1988. I understand that there is 13 sequels, so there's 14 Land Before Time movies altogether, but I have never seen any of the sequels. And the one thing that's different from the original movies, from what I understand about the sequels, is the sequels were musical movies. They were much more lighthearted, sort of- Aimed more at kids. Not that the first movie wasn't aimed at kids, but we'll talk about it in a sec. But they had like, they were more like a standard kids movie. So they were somewhat low budget. They'd have the characters dancing around. It's bright, it's colorful, it's cheery. People are singing songs. There's nothing bad going on. The same thing cannot be said for the first Land Before Time movie. Have you seen it? Are you familiar with it? Can I be honest with you, Kieran? Sure. I did watch it as a kid
0: and thought it was boring and did not like it. Boring, okay. I'm one of the few people that did not like Land Before Time and just never had it. Just didn't hit your sweet spots as a child.
1: No, I don't know why. I just was like, eh. I had a little foot toy. I had like a little Uh, plush. I actually still have it. I could probably bring it out and show you, but it's, it's away in storage at the moment. Right. But yeah, I, I love that little foot toy. And I love that first your movie bed, as well. isn't it? Let's be honest. But Yeah, it's, it's beside my bed. But yeah, that first movie, I don't know what to say about it. But I used to cry and cry and really? cry every time I watched it. And I'd still be like, oh, I'm going to watch Land Before Time. Did I pop it in? Within 15 minutes, I'd be bawling my eyes out. And just throughout the movie, I'd be bawling my eyes out. I'd be scared. I'd be overjoyed. I'd be frightened. Like, I'd go on a full journey every time I watched that movie. When I left home, I left the VHS, the videotape at home. And so I spent, like, a good 10, 20 years without seeing the movie. And then I re-watched the movie for the first time maybe five years ago. Oh, yeah? And just to see if it held up. And, of course, I thought it still held up because it was very much a, a cherished childhood memory for me. But I still, as an adult, I bawled my eyes out oh, wow. all throughout the movie. And it wasn't because anything specifically in the movie I found particularly sad as an adult. It was the the score. The score for the movie is so, like, haunting and so, like, depressing that as soon as that score kicked in like my eyes just started welling up with tears and then i just couldn't help like couldn't wow. control myself like and i just started blubbering as an adult watching a cartoon movie watching land before time does the it was real was james horner i think did the soundtrack oh, right. same guy who did the alien soundtrack
0: does does the real life um tragedies around that movie ruin it for you or can you still Yeah, watch I guess it? it
1: makes it a bit sadder for me in a way because I, I think it's important to talk about because uh, Judith Barzi, who yeah. played Ducky in the movie, was she was only 10 years old when she did that movie. She was actually murdered by her father before the movie came out. She and was,
0: before that was abused by her father.
1: Yeah, that's right. She, yeah. she was abused by her father. I think we've talked about this in the past.
0: In a, another podcast. Actually. In
1: another podcast. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, she was undergoing great mental stress. She was one of those children who was, like, forced to be the best that they can be by their parents. They sort of had, like, an overbearing parent mm. who would push her into the acting game. And then, yeah, the father just, I don't know, he just snapped one day. I think he was jealous of her success. You know, she had this big movie coming up, Land Before Time, where she's one of the main characters and couldn't deal with it and murdered her in her sleep. Yeah. Which is absolutely awful. And I think it had, like, a big impact on me when I found that out as an adult. And then just watching the movie and, you know, seeing, you know, it's probably like Ducky is probably like the bubbliest, happiest character in the movie. Yeah. And then understanding like the dark sort of backstory behind her actress, you know, just really, you know, makes the movie even darker than it is for me, especially. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it ruins the movie, but it just puts a darker spin on an already dark movie. Cause the movie's about death, the movie's about loss, the movie's about overcoming grief. And that's very heavy themes for like a children's movie. But yeah, still loved it. Should we move on to
0: our next movie? Let's do it. So, for me, and this very nearly was the movie Uncle Buck, but- Oh, really? Which, God, that's a great movie. Oh, love me some John Candy. But for me, it's going to be really weird, but Ace Ventura, I love- Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? No, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Oh, the sequel. Yes, I watched this movie on video. Did you own it? Yes, okay. we owned a pirated copy. of Okay, it. okay. So you went to Blockbuster and you <laughs> copied it. <laughs> I don't know why the movie was funny. Jim Carrey, I loved as a child. Didn't we all? Like he just was so energetic. Yeah. And I got a little bit of the slapstick, but he kind of felt to me like a superhero almost. He's like flashy. You love the scene
1: where like he's in the
0: rhino and he climbs. Out his Absolutely ass. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love that scene. Man. I mean, a lot of things went over my head at the time, but I just. I thought it was amazing and I made my parents buy me her Hawaiian shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I could dress like him. You wanted to dress up like H.J. and I run I around. I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. Like he was, for me, childhood Matic really. D. I thought, you know, he was the epitome of the coolest guy ever. He dressed awesome. He wore sunglasses. He had limitless energy. He was running around just being crazy. I was like, this is yes, the Monopoly guy. Maybe, maybe because he was so, it, like, because I was such a shy kid, Kieran. Right. So maybe it's because it was the antithesis of who I was. Maybe that was it. But I remember when he, right at the end, he picks up the monster truck and goes
1: crazy with the monster truck. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. And it was a movie you watched all the time. Yeah. Wow. I loved it. You know, I didn't see that movie. In fact, I, that was the one I saw first. So I saw Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls first. But I didn't see that until I was like in my teenage years. Uh-huh. So it was a, a franchise that I completely missed when I was a kid. Maybe it didn't come out until like the late 90s or something. But it was something I was aware of but never saw. So I saw that second one first. And I thought it was hilarious. So I went and watched the first one. And I thought the first one was even better than the second one. But the the two bits in that movie, in When Nature Calls, that stand out to me that i always remember right. having only seen the movie one time yeah <laughs> was him crawling out of the <laughs> Crawling out of the like mechanical rhino's ass, and there's like a child watching, thinking that it's giving birth, and trying to work out why like a full grown man was coming out nude out of the rhino's ass. Like that image as a child is just gonna burn into your brain forever.
0: Look, I you know this was you know when I was a kid when I first watched Hook, I was like I want to be an actor. That's what I want to do with my life. And I was like, wow, lucky Jim Carrey. Even if if I knew he was actually Jim Carrey or just you know the actor who played Ace Ventura, I was like,
1: wow, lucky him.
0: Getting all sweaty And crawling out of a Out of a rhino. was something just, you
1: That's <laughs>
0: what I want to do With my
1: life It looks like fun And the other scene That I always remember Because it just grossed me out Was there was a scene Where like he meets the, With these tribal people And their whole custom Is that they spit In each other's face <laughs> And he's like Sort of starts Base Ventura He starts hocking up Like this massive loogie And then it just cuts to them Walking out of the tent Laughing with each other And they've just got this Huge amount of phlegm All over their faces And I'm like That is so disgusting I never <laughs> want to see that again <laughs> Oh, and then of course the Monopoly guy There's a guy dressed as the Monopoly guy who he punches And wears around his neck like it's a <laughs> like it's a fox scarf Was that in the first one? Or is that in the second one? No, that's one. the second one uh, You must be the Monopoly guy yeah. <laughs> And he walks around like puppeting him <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious Ah, great movie Wow, and, and that was all the stuff that, that spoke to you? Yeah I remember him driving like a car really dangerously and arriving at yeah, the Yeah,
0: like his car, he just crashes the car, flips it upside down. Yeah. And
1: there's that scene where he torches
0: the guy for like information. Like a glove. <laughs> where he tortures that guy by like scraping a-, a knife on a plate and touching his eyeball oh, with his finger. And that's like, right. No, like, oh, my it. older
1: brother used to do
0: that to me when I was a kid. What a classic. Yeah. And a lot of people don't love that movie. I don't know why. I thought. When it was, the was the last good. time you watched it? Oh, uh, oh, actually, I got
1: drunk and found it on YouTube. YouTube oh really watched it there yeah and would you recommend people still watch it <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no <laughs> oh
1: it's it's funny
0: it's funny I think
1: that first one's still pretty funny I think it holds up oh, Aside the from first one is way better people are uh, accusing it of you know transphobia of course
0: oh I guess it is yeah I guess that that's that's yeah I never thought of that but the first one is definitely better than the second one yeah absolutely absolutely but the second one very silly but uh, yeah. pretty funny too yeah, it was. It had a lot of good moments. Do you remember where he's just like, oh, "I need to go to my um my hut to meditate"? And of course, I didn't get this uh, this joke at the time as a child. But it, you know, he's 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 beaten it. Oh, he's jerking off <laughs> he's, in there. I don't think I got that joke until right now. He's he's looking after his pet detective while he's meditating.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that, that was the <laughs> joke until you you explained it to me now. Yeah, Maybe I just thought he was going to the toilet or something. That's how I meditated. Anyway, moving on to my second pick. Now, this is going to be one that surprises nobody. This was a movie that my dad taped off the TV. Thankfully, he didn't pause out the ads because I really, really liked the ads on this VHS tape that we had. But the movie that he couldn't resist taping so he could show it to me at a later date was, of course, 1988's, sensing a theme here. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh,
0: We knew this was coming. This is a
1: movie that we've talked about countless times. We all know that it's a childhood favourite of mine and just an all-round favourite movie of mine. But I saw it for the very first time, taped off the TV. I think it was 1992 was the year that he taped it. So, all the ads were like these classic ads from 1992. There's one ad that always sticks out to me that I always used to love where it it was a car ad it was a guy and a girl driving a car at night and then like the moon rises and the guy turns into a werewolf while driving the car and he's like singing a song and then the, the ad ends with him climbing out the sunroof and sitting on the bottom of the car and howling at the moon while like the woman looks on like in wonder Class leading two-meter performance Race tune suspension ABS braking A true sports car experience Nissan, NX Coupe it's a Nissan, uh, And my mother thinks he's cute That's my car What's that selling? Car? It was a car ad, yeah. Okay. I had no idea why like a werewolf was involved, but I thought it was great. I was like, can you imagine like just driving along and you turn into a werewolf? (laughs) I don't know how he maintained control of the wheel. Look, the 90s were a weird time,
0: right? Especially for advertisements.
1: Yeah, but going back and looking at some of those ads on that tape was was golden. Like, the movie was already great. And here's the other great thing about that version. It was an extended version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so it had all the deleted scenes re-edited back into the movie. Like the pig face scene? The pig head scene. So, in the movie, Eddie Valiant in a deleted scene, he gets captured by the weasels and Judge Doom, and they paint, like, this frightening pig head on him. It's really intense, that bit. And he ends up, like, washing it down the drain. Yes. Like, he puts turpentine on his head, and it it, uh, dissolves the the pig heading, you see like it's eyeballs still looking around as it gets sucked down the drain
0: essentially killing it
1: yeah that's right but yeah all of those scenes were back in the movie so for me for years that was the movie me that too. extended version
0: you were the same yeah because i think it sounds like we did the same thing our parents taped that movie on free-to-wear tv and i saw all the deleted scenes so i was the same i thought that was just always in the movie when yeah. we covered it in a previous podcast i realized that that's actually a deleted scene
1: so it wasn't until, I think it was when I rented it on tape for the first time, that I actually realised that those scenes weren't actually in the, in the proper movie, in the yeah. cinematic cut of the movie. And what's funny is, I think it's a great movie. I've talked about it before. It really introduced me to the film noir genre. It really made me appreciate classic Disney and uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, which I already did. I was already watching those, as we discussed in our Chip and Dale episode. Mm. But it was such a gateway to this whole world that I wasn't familiar with. As we all know, it's adapted from like an unused Chinatown sequel. (laughs) Yeah. So the script that they used to actually end up being the framework for Who Framed Roger Rabbit was originally going to be what you know what the two Jakes was going to be. Yeah. Before they ended up scrapping that and you know not actually using the script, and they
0: just then they just put cartoons in it.
1: That's right, exactly. Because the novel Who Censored Roger Rabbit is nothing like the movie at all, and you probably couldn't adapt it to a movie. Just doesn't have the same spirit. It's not the same vibe. It's, it's about comic strip characters rather yeah. than cartoon characters. And so, like,
0: they get evidence through thought bubbles and and, That's right.
1: and speech bubbles and things like that. That's right. Exactly. But, yeah, completely different to the movie. So, they couldn't go with that the plot from that original book. So, they just used the script for an unused Chinatown sequel. And, yeah, magic happened there. I always considered the movie like this sort of, like, semi-dark, somewhat gritty yeah. film noir movie. But when I bought the movie on DVD a couple of years ago... I'm always so embarrassed by the cover. I wish I had the cover out to show you, but (laughs) it's the most embarrassing cover.
0: (laughs) Because it's got the car and everyone's like really happy. It's like this really
1: brightly lit... Everyone's smiling and then it's Eddie Valiant grinning at the camera with like, like a sheshy cat with Roger Rabbit next to him pulling like a goofy face and then Benny the cab like winking and I'm like I'm gonna walk up to the cat so I've got like you know, you know I've got Alien I've got uh, Dawn of the Dead under my arm and then I've got Who Framed Roger Rabbit with this huge like childlike cover. That I'm sure puts people off. People probably look at the front cover of that movie and be like, I'm not watching that. It's for fucking kids.
0: Yeah, and, they, and then it, the actual movie, Eddie Valiant's a massive alcoholic yeah, and really right. like, nasty and bitter. Benny the Cab is a foul-mouthed guy. Like it's, just, yeah. it's not accurate to what the movie is.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like a proper gritty film noir, but with cartoon characters in it. It's explore amazing. Explore adultery. It's-, it's fantastic. We talk about it all the time yeah, on this show. And, and as far as the technical... Achievement oh, is yeah. concerned Flawless Flawless
0: animation And, and I always admire We're going to just talk about Roger Rabbit now But I always admired Bob Hoskins' performance Absolutely and that movie. Having to play to nothing Yes And crushing it And it would be so easy just to play it up as like a goofy cartoon movie But he played
1: it straight Absolutely And it works so well Yeah, he can make you laugh in one scene Make you yeah. cry in the next Fantastic acting Everyone does a really good job I in that I love Bob Hoskins. I mean, Hook, you know. Yeah, that's right. He was me and Hook. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Another thing I just wanted to say about it as well before we move on to your next one was that the movie didn't actually play to audiences when it came out in cinemas. No? Because it didn't really appeal to anybody. So, adults looked at the promotional material and was like, oh, it's just a movie for kids. Kids, kids went and saw the movie and was like, what the fuck is this? It's like cartoon characters that I don't know. And, and a setting that's, like, a genre that's not popular at the time being. And, yeah, again, very dark for and it's, kids. And it's very adult. And teenagers were, like, were of the same impression. They're, like, oh, this is for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd much rather watch Gleaming the Cube for, like, the 10th time or whatever else was out in 1988. Maybe they're watching Land Before Time. No, clearly not. <laughs> but, yeah, so it didn't appeal to adults. It didn't appeal to teenagers. It didn't appeal to children. Obviously, appealed to you and I as children. Since it's, you know, fond.
0: But again, I mean, favorites. we watched it because our parents saw it and showed it That's to right. us
1: and taped it illegally <laughs> that's right I, I i think my dad actually watched the movie in cinemas and and really liked it because it was a throwback to the cartoons that he grew up watching so it was all stuff that he remembered all, all characters that he was really fond of in a setting that he really liked and so like that's why he, he wanted to show it to me yeah and yeah so he was like one of the only people that it actually appealed to i suppose it's it only appeals to like a specific audience although now It's probably known as like a beloved classic Mm. and everyone can appreciate it for what it is. I think it's more aimed at adults. I think young adults and maybe people who grew up watching Disney and Warner Brothers animations and maybe are a fan of the film noir genre. Yeah. It just appeals to them and then not a lot of other people.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still cool to have Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Not Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, Mickey Bugs Mouse Bunny. and Bugs Bunny on stage, like on screen at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, it's fucking awesome. And the Daffy Duck and Donald Duck scene, absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. they haven't done that since. I guess we're lucky because my dad's always been a, a movie guy as well. Actually, listener to the show, so hello if you're listening on your walk. All but right. hey, Daddy D. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I think he's got a good judge of movies because he was a really big fan of Roger Rabbit as well, and that's how I right. watched it as well as a lot of other movies at the time as well. What's the third movie on your list? Including the third movie on my list. Now, originally, this is actually funny because... I was going to talk about Basil the Great Mouse Detective, a huge oh, yeah. favorite movie of mine. To the point where I used to wear my dress. I'm actually made my parents buy me a dressing gown because I wanted to be right. Like-
1: okay, so when you weren't dressing up as Captain Hook with I was your dressing, dressing up gown, as Basil the Great <laughs> Mouse Detective, Basil the Love Great
0: that. Mouse but Detective. I actually had uh, lunch with my mum today, wow. and she reminded me of a movie that I was absolutely obsessed with, and I was, and now I'm like, well, I've got to talk about this. The original 1989. Batman movie. Oh, the Believe Tim it's Burton 1989. movie. Nineteen eighty-nine. Yes, it is eighty-nine. Yep. Ti- yeah, the Tim Burton Batman movie with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, with uh, Keaton as Batman. That's right. I watched this movie. I can't remember how old I was,
1: but I loved
0: the the Batman cartoon, and I guess this was in the, the next animated step. series.
1: The animated series—that's right. So the animated series was actually based on this movie from the success yes. of that of the 1989 yes. movie.
0: And and this movie just, um, as a child, blew me away. Like it—it it was very dark. Yeah, it's very cartoonish. But when you're a kid, it's very dark, and there's a coolness to it. Jack Nicholson, I loved, you know, I thought he was an amazing bad guy. And and it just, like, uh, it just took me to a whole new world and, you know, developed my love as a child for Batman.
1: There you go. Right, you know. Was we- that your first exposure to Batman? No, you said you already watched the animated series. Yeah. Okay. I guess the two together. I might have actually seen the Batman first, now that I think about it. It's just it. Batman. Yeah, well, yeah. Batman only just came out a couple of months ago.
0: <laughs> I think I saw Batman first, actually, now that I there think about go. it. There you go. So, I think this was my first introduction to the superhero genre. And also, oh, wow. I guess- I
1: think Batman was a lot of people's- Or our people our age's yeah. introduction to the superhero genre. It was certainly the first superhero that I was aware of. And just the whole, like, you know, good guy. Oh, Superman, of course. Good guy, bad guy, like, in that kind of scope. I sure. You know, I was obsessed. I'd watch it all the time. Yeah, I didn't Big see movie the movie. 1989 Batman movie until I was about 20, let's say 22 or three years old. Yeah. And I certainly didn't appreciate it. I know, because you didn't grow up with it. So I didn't really see the appeal of the movie at all. I didn't really like Jack Nicholson in it as the Joker. And I didn't really like Michael Keaton as Batman. Did you see Heath Ledger's performance before Jack I did, I did.
0: Well, see, that's not fair. <laughs> I remember thinking...
1: No one could outdo Jack Yeah, I remember Nicholson you saying that before uh, The Dark Knight came out. I yeah. remember you were saying, like, oh, it's going to be a big stretch for, for this guy from, you know, A Knight's Tale to, to top Jack Nicholson as the Joker. You just can't do it.
0: Well, I had nothing against him because I really liked him in a lot of the, like, Ned Kelly, I thought was an underrated performance, Brokeback oh, Mountain, yeah. I thought was good. I was like, the guy can act, but, like, no one can do this performance, I thought,
1: you know, yeah. at the time when I was young No and one else naive. can be the Joker. Everyone was saying that, though, in the lead up to the but movie. But he was
0: so good at the time. And then, of course, now we have uh, Jared, Jared Leto. Oh know, yeah, the who, master
1: who eclipsed everybody. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, but oh man, what a what a fun movie! That the clown makeup, the the cool cars. You yeah, know. I just didn't
1: I just didn't really get it the when I watched it. The fight scene on the cathedral. I used to like I thought the movie was a mess personally, but like like you said I didn't grow up watching it and I I guess as we all know I'm not the big superhero sure, fan on this sure. show.
0: I used to I used to have a uh, like my TV sat on a on a counter in my kitchen. I used to pull a chair up get my Batman figurines and just watch this TV and play with the figurines and, like, you know, fill up a jug of water and, like, have the characters fall through the water. Oh, that's fantastic. Scene. So that that's my experience with it. And so there's a lot of nostalgia there. But, yeah, definitely the Batman movie was a big favourite of mine.
1: There you go. Well, the third movie on my list of most watched, most favourite movies from childhood is one that I'm sure nobody has ever heard of before. Oh, okay. Because it was just a movie that I think I had, and then I I rediscovered it on YouTube a couple of years ago, but it was a movie that I always used to talk about at school, and everyone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is this movie? I've never heard of this movie. But me and my younger brothers had this movie on videotape, and we would watch it over and over again, and we'd we'd pretend to be the characters. (laughs) We'd get into adventures. It was a movie that gave me joy, and it also frightened me. And it's not going to be one you've heard of because the movie I wanted to mention was 1988. All of my movies I picked were from 1988, by the way, through sheer coincidence. But it was 1988's Around the World in 80 Days by Burbank Films. Okay. Now, I can tell already that you've never even heard of this. Well, I know
0: the story.
1: Yeah, I know. Everyone knows the story. But Burbank Films was actually a Sydney-based animation studio, so it was an Australian cartoon. And, of course, it's the story of Phileas Fogg and his assistant, Passepartout traveling around the world in a uh, hot air balloon Uh by train, by elephant in some circumstances. It was actually a a shameless rip-off of a cartoon series from Spain. I can't remember the name of the show. I think it was also called Around the World in 80 Days, or it could have just been called The Adventures of Phileas Fogg, but it was a Spanish show, so it was never translated to English. But they took that animation style and the fact that all the characters were anthropomorphic animals and just adapted that into the movie. Now, it's incredibly cheap. It's not incredibly cheap. I think it's particularly well animated and voiced for, given how little budget the movie had. Mm-hmm. But he, I always thought it was fantastic. I always really loved the characters. I loved the voice acting. And it's just your standard around the world in 80 days. But, you know, Passepartout's a monkey. Phileas Fogg is a fox. <laughs> and he, he hangs out in a club with a bunch of dogs who like reading the newspaper. It got me, you know, obsessed with pretending to read the newspaper as a child. Because, um, you know, I'd always be pointing at it going, you know, oh, look at the news. <laughs> like they would in this movie. Okay. So, I'm looking up... This this movie And so it's
0: Yeah it's I can see there's foxes There's cats So anthropomorphic animals
1: That's right it looks cool They rescue like a, a princess cat From being sacrificed To Carly Yeah You know There's this altar To cut By the way the, the scene absolutely Terrified me oh, as a The kid. animation looks really good Yeah it's pretty good For like I said Low budget Australian mm. Mm. Straight to VHS animation But I was always so charmed By it I really loved the soundtrack I think I think the movie Still holds up To be perfectly honest If you really want to watch Like an obscure Sydney cartoon From you know the late 80s You can find it Really easily on YouTube I think it's in Something like 10 parts Maybe someone's cut them Together into one long video Who knows uh-huh. But you can find it out there I think it's still Very charming I'll still watch it From time to time ah. Just to go down Memory lane But there's this one scene Where they're they're about to Sacrifice a cat To the god Carly You know Carly Ma Yep yep There's this incredibly Intense scene Where they've got her Tied down to an altar They play this scary music Mon dieu
0: It is the temple of Kali, the goddess of death. Oh, very, very bad.
1: We see like shots of skulls with like snakes crawling out of their eyes. And just these, uh, these monks, these evil monks are just like marching while going, Oh. I found that so frightening when i was a kid i had to fast forward the scene every time <laughs> until i was like a little bit older so i probably first watched the movie when i was about three years old mm. it was way too intense for me that scene until i was about six years old and then i can i was like it's scary but i can deal with it and then when you're like seven or eight you're like that's actually kind of cool i like it now. <laughs> it's it's hardcore and i'm hardcore I, for watching I, I'm, it. I'm tough and i guess that leads us into our next talking point where we're going to talk about movies that traumatized us when yeah. we were children. Now, they don't necessarily have to be movies, you know, that are adult oriented, like horror movies or just a, an action movie that's too violent for you mm-hmm. or just something that's inappropriate for children. It could be a completely harmless kids movie or a movie aimed at kids that still you found frightening, you couldn't watch it, and you were just you were having nightmares for for weeks on end from yeah. seeing one specific scene. What What is the first one that jumps to your mind, well, Matty D? It's
0: kind of funny that you say that, Kieran, because I think you and I were both very similar um, We were both children. very sensitive children. We were very sensitive children. We were very much easily scared children, <laughs> easily all frightened.
1: All three of the, the movies that we talked about that were in my favourites all had scenes that frightened me. <laughs> So, I think I mentioned, you know, Land Before Time. The T-Rex was always terrifying yeah. to me. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Judge Doom at the end. Okay, when yeah. he's screaming and got the razor blade and trying to kill Eddie. Terrifying. And then, of course, <laughs> I already mentioned the Carly scene in uh, Around the World in 80 Days. All had, you know, all favorite movies of mine all had scenes that were terrifying to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: it's uh, you know, and, and it's funny when you're a kid because those scenes can be so small, but your imagination builds it Absolutely, up yeah. so much. And for me... This movie traumatised me to the point where I didn't like to leave my room and go out into my hallway by myself.
1: I know exactly what you're going to say. I know you know what I'm going to say. I know exactly you, you- what, what... It's not a movie. It's an episode of a TV show. No. Oh, no. It is from It is from the movie. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'll yes. let you explain it. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, and uh, My parents had to leave uh, a, a- lot... <laughs> that to make they, sure that your shoes were well tied. They they, they uh, you know uh, across across they'd leave a, a light
1: on in the hallway. Yes,
0: yes. So across the across my hallway there was a bathroom and they'd leave the light on for the bathroom so that there was light going on and I I I was so sick to stay in your room and piss yourself. I was so yeah, exactly. I was so scared. I, I didn't want to be left alone, you know, even though my parents would never leave me alone, but I didn't want to be left alone in a room by myself cuz this thing would attack me and what I'm referring to and we've talked about this yes. movie before. I so I don't want to talk about it too we're much. We talked about it almost 10 years ago
1: on other podcast
0: toy story the doll's head spider creature yeah from the
1: first movie who the mecano baby
0: in in the movie is nice and sweet but that visual i remember looking at it in a, it's got a missing eye in
1: one of the promotional books i saw that visual and it terrified me well, it was even more terrifying in the actual movie yeah it turns out to be a good guy which sort of brings you around to it but yeah, yeah. i was scared of that too when i was a kid not to the point where i couldn't go down the hallway by myself <laughs> yes yes so
0: and i and i think watching the movie was kind of my aversion therapy to it and right. after a while i was like oh okay and my parents were like see it's a good character and i guess i yeah. learned a powerful lesson about judging things on appearances yeah but before that i swear i was this thing was after me kieran this spider thing was after me i'd see yeah. shadows in the corner and be like ah yeah, any dolls oh, no. that you had in your room were just thrown in the bin, and I would and I would go to bed, and I would like throw the covers in my bed. I'd be like, oh. I said this to my mum when I was when I saw her today, and she was like, Yeah, you were scared of that thing for like a month, like
1: it was ridiculous. I was
0: like, Thanks for for making fun of me, mum. <laughs>
1: it's always there for support. Yes. Now, the, the first example that I thought of, because it was the one that was probably the first thing I ever saw in a movie that frightened me, or in mean, a bunch of movies, actually, but the first thing that ever really traumatized me in a movie was, this is the same story for a lot of people, it's probably yeah. the same story for you, is when I first watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, for the very first face time. Face melting? Yeah, the scene when all of the angels, or whatever they are, come out of the Ark of the Covenant, and then they start screaming and attacking the, the Nazis, and of course, we have the famous face melting scene. We have the guy whose head explodes. The guy's head like combusts in, like it shrinks in on itself. That absolutely terrified me as a kid uh, to the point where like, I think I cried for like a good two hours after seeing the movie for (laughs) the first time. And my parents were like, Oh, should we let him watch the sequels? Oh, they're not as bad. Let's let's let him watch the sequels. And then the other two movies also had moments in them that also frightened me just as badly. Really? So in Temple of Doom, of course there's the, the Oh the ca- heart. The Kali Ma scene, yes. which I mentioned earlier where- Fair enough. Also the the
0: child labor scene is pretty
1: fr- Yeah, that's pretty, pretty brutal, but that's not the thing that frightened me. It was the bugs. When Willie is like when oh, yeah. Indiana Jones and Short Round, they're about to be crushed by, like, spikes. Spikes are coming down from the ceiling. And the only way that they can be saved is Willie really has to navigate through a room that's full of bugs. Like, all sorts of different kind of bugs. Cockroaches, these weird sort of large leaf-like, I don't know what they were, sort of look like stick insects that she has to put her hand through and grab a switch. That absolutely terrified me as a kid. I couldn't yeah. deal with it. I still find it kind of gross, but it, it, was, it was too frightening. Like, I already didn't like bugs as a kid. And that was just way too much for me. Also, the eating of the the snakes and the monkey brains and the eyeball soup. Yes. That whole Temple of Doom, I hated that movie as a kid because I'm like, that's the scariest one. (laughs) And then, of course, Last Crusade was always my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I loved that as a kid. As a kid. But it always had that one scene at the end where, you know, he chose poorly. And the oh, bad yeah. guy drinks the, the, the from the wrong grail at the end and he instantly turns into Doc Brown and then into a skeleton and dies. Yeah. I found that scene terrifying. Whenever I would rewatch the movie, I'd have to close my eyes during that bit or just run out of the room <laughs> until I could hear that it <laughs> was over. Until you hear it was over. Oh, and man. then I'd come back in. Uh, it's
0: it's it's movies like that that you really appreciate your parents, right? Because I, yeah. I remember these kind of scenes and my parents would like I- explain to me like, oh, you know, the bugs, the bugs are just like little... Toys, you know. But they Uh, are real bugs. Yeah, but they're they're not telling me that. Okay, they're They're, they're they're just lying. They're lying to me. Yeah, you know, like the blood is tomato sauce. I remember there was a movie. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah,
1: my my parents would always do the same. Yeah, thing.
0: like the Three Musketeers, which was another favorite movie of mine in 1990. I think. Three, Wait, was it
1: the Man in the Iron Mask or was no, it the no, Three no. Musketeers? Three Musketeers with
0: um with Charlie Sheen in it. Oh that yes, that one. That was a great one. That was another personal favorite of mine. I love that movie. But uh, you know, there's a there's a huge fight scene at the end, and a lot of characters die. And my my parents would say, oh. You know, at the end, when everyone's applauding, those are all the characters that died because they're all pretending. They come back at the end. Oh, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm nice. okay. <laughs> oh, it's all pretend. They're not really fighting their friends. What was the next movie you had on your list? Oh, the next movie on my list. Okay, well. Traumatic movie. This should not be a surprise because this movie was f-
1: was frightening, even though it was
0: supposed to be a kid's movie. Witches.
1: Oh, The Witches. The as Witches. in, like, Roll Dolls, The Witches. Yes. Which they recently remade.
0: So badly that I couldn't... Finish the movie. Now
1: thankfully I saw that when I was about 11, so I was about the right age. I have a v- Talk us through it though. Okay. So I can't remember what happens
0: through the rest of the movie, but essentially there's a boy, he lives in a hotel or he's a- he's right. at a hotel for some some reason his family's he's there. there with his grandmother. Yes. Anyway, him and another boy, I think they go They're like a fat kid. exploring and they've got yeah, the fat kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go they go exploring and they they end up in this uh, private event. Mhm. And they're
1: not supposed to be there, so they're
0: hiding behind something. They're in a vent. Yeah, I think so. They're, they're...
1: crawling through vents, I believe, and they're looking at the event through a vent. I, I can't suppose. remember why they're doing like it. at the grade of event.
0: Yeah, I can't remember why they're doing it. But this this event, this conference thing, turns out to be a meeting of witches. Yeah. And what happens is once everybody's, once they feel like they're in, in, in private- In safe company, yeah. Yeah. They pull off their masks. So they all look like normal people. They pull off their masks and take their hair pieces off because they're all wearing wigs and
1: are these grotesque, you know, beach women, yeah. And Angelica Houston is the Grand High Witch. Oh, and and she's a- the worst one out of all. Because She takes her face off and she's got like this weird sort of like long nose covered with warts. And she's got this really creepy sunken sort of face and a bald head. And it's terrifying. Like she's an animatronic. Yeah, yeah. But and all it is of a sudden, I r- terrifying. I'm reminded of the Child Catcher, which was another movie that traumatized me. But this movie, bang bang, this movie, yeah. And and then all of a sudden, she smells the children. Yeah, that's right. So I think the fat kid gives them away, and then they both end up getting captured by. Mm, do they both get captured at the same time? I remember they lure the fat kid in with, with like a Mars bar or something like that. <laughs>
0: they and, turn them into mice. And then they turn I them
1: mean. into mice and then they spend the rest of the movie as mice.
0: Yes. And don't ask me what, I never got to that point because that <laughs> scene. As soon as the wigs and oh the, the mask came god. off. Oh my god. And I remember every time like they were like, my parents would be like, Oh, you want to watch The Witches again? Are you sure? I was like, Yeah, 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 I think I I think I am. And I'd watch it with trying to get through the movie I'd watch it with, with like a duna over my you know over my head and I'd have a sword <laughs> to protect me from the witch <laughs> and I'd be in. like and as soon as that scene come oh god like my heart would be pumping out of my chest because I was like they're gonna catch him they're gonna catch him and you know I'm just like, maybe they won't catch them. And I'm like, maybe this time it'll be different. Kid Manny D, this has already happened. You know what's going to happen in the movie. It's not going to change. And I was like, turn it off, turn it off. I'd run out of the room and my parents would yeah. have to, I'd have to send one of my, like my mum or my dad into the room <laughs> to, to turn the TV off.
1: Because <laughs> I couldn't go in. Okay. Oh, wow. That was, that was how bad it was. For oh, you. terrible. <laughs> Wow, okay. Well, I'm just reminded as well, it's not on my list, but I was actually frightened of, like, the Mr. Bean movie. The Mr. Bean movie? Yeah, the Mr. Bean movie.
0: That was a later movie, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, oh, it wasn't that. It was, like, 96, maybe oh, 97. Okay. But there's a scene in it when he's, like, he accidentally defaces the painting of Whistler's mother. And, yeah. the, music, and the music gets really intense, and I kept thinking he was going to get caught. And so I was just so frightened in the cinema that I couldn't deal with it. But in saying that as well, I was also frightened of the poster of The Mummy, as in, like, the Brendan Fraser <laughs> The Mummy movie. Do you remember the poster for that? The poster of the of the mummy. So back in oh, the cinema, is it like the hollow eyes and mouth. Yeah, that's right. So it's mm. like a face that's appearing in a sand dune. Yes, that was a cool effect. They, it's something they did a couple of times in the movie. It didn't look that convincing in the actual movie, <laughs> but uh, they had this huge sort of like cardboard poster in the lobby of the same cinema that we were talking about earlier. So I'd walk into the the cinema, and the first thing I would see is just this terrifying. Poster for the mummy like I'm like that face Is really scary I don't want to see that Movie it looks like a really scary movie just judging From the poster so it got to the point where every Time I'd go to the movies I'd have to shield Part of my face to avoid making eye Contact with the big cardboard poster And then oh my god we went to see a movie And then before the movie started the trailer For the mummy came on and I was I, I wanted to leave I wanted to leave the <laughs> cinema it was Like a two minute trailer and I couldn't deal with that. I was I was lying on the floor with My eyes closed with my hands over my ears <laughs> Just so I, like I couldn't be exposed to any part of the trailer, and I was like, "Mom, Mom, could you t- can you just kick me when the trailer's over?" <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, that, that's not that's the movie. A, that's a more adult movie though of fair. course you know that wasn't aimed at kids no. I mean it was aimed at like teenagers, and I did end up seeing it as a kid and ended up enjoying it like at, as a 12 year old, of course but as whenever well, the year that it came out, no way I was seeing that movie it was just just the poster was too scary <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't see that movie as a kid either because that that was just way too intense yes. for, for child Kieran. But a movie that I did see in the cinema that I found way too intense and way too frightening was 1995's Casper. The Casper movie. Do you remember that?
0: I used to love that movie as a kid.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. You didn't I, find it frightening it, at all? We had it on videotape and it was a movie that I loved. So, I was six years old when I saw it in the cinema. How old were you when you first watched it? Jeez. I would have to have been like about
0: five, I think.
1: I think seeing a movie in the cinema, especially when you're a Wait, kid. how old like, were you? You were sick. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, I was six sense. in the cinema. Because you're just a little bit older than me. But I think I watched it on video. So, yeah, I think. You probably would have watched it in 97, 98. Yeah. But you would have been five or six at that yeah. time. But yes, so watching a movie in the cinema, especially when you're a kid, is like a way more intense experience than watching it at home, especially on like the crappy small TVs we used to have, like on your kitchen counter. It's completely (laughs) different seeing it blown up huge. But Casper is like a a, a dark, it's a family friendly movie, but it's like a dark movie that deals with a lot of. Dark themes The the, the main character Caspar They go into it In the movie You know He gets sick and dies He had tuberculosis Right He got tuberculosis He was playing on his sled And then he came home And he couldn't get out of bed And then his dad Was trying to build Like this machine That brought him back to life And it's very much like a are like a gothic horror movie in a way. They live in this like huge creepy mansion. I thought the uncles, the three uncles, oh, stretch, stretch, Fatso, and Stinky. I thought they were terrifying. Really? Because they're always trying to hurt the like the the characters. Oh, remember when they first came in? They were like trying to hurt them. There's this scene, the one scene that traumatized me, the one that I the, the reason that I put it on the list. Okay. There's a scene where the three ghosts possess the dad. They they he, he passes out. They fly into his mouth and possess him. Okay. And he wakes up and he goes into the bathroom and they do a scene that's an homage to Poltergeist, where the same thing happens to the dad in that movie. Yeah. But in Poltergeist, the, he, like, peels his face off and exposes the skull underneath. Nothing that intense happens in Casper. But he's, he turns into Rodney Dangerfield, which, as a child, like, that's already frightening enough <laughs> as it is. Then he turns into Mel Gibson, he turns into Clint Eastwood. Because, like, this movie, this Casper movie is all pop culture references. That's right. That's right.
0: All, yeah, just referring to actors. I think the Ghostbusters is in it. Yeah, that's right.
1: And uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. It was like a comedy, like a comedy character. It's just shameless.
0: It's just shameless, like that movie.
1: Don Vito Sarducci, I think his name was. He was in the movie as well in a cameo. Okay. That scene also terrified me as well because he goes into the house like he's like, oh, I'll go check out your ghost problem, and he walks in, and then you hear like vomiting noises, and he comes out with his head twisted around backwards, <laughs> covered with vomit, walking out, and he like his head's backwards, and I was like, oh, oh, man, how intense are those ghosts are in there? They can twist a guy's head around. Yeah, and then the Ghostbusters were scared of them. I was like, the Ghostbusters aren't scared of anything. <laughs> yeah, the one scene, yeah. So he, he, the dad's looking in the mirror, his face is transforming into these different actors, and then the last face that he transforms into is the Crypt Keeper. Now, I wasn't familiar with the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt at that point. Uh So, the Crypt Keeper is basically a rotting corpse who's animated with eyes. Okay. And so, to me, just out of nowhere, there's all these random actors' faces and then suddenly his face turns into like a zombie face and he grabs his cheeks and starts screaming in this really creepy voice. And that terrified me as a kid. I wonder why it didn't bother me. Maybe I just thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, I guess so. Didn't freak you out as much, I suppose. But yeah, I thought that scene was absolutely frightening and it, it, it was complete. It was like my first big jump scare in a movie. And, uh, yeah, it terrified me, and I spent the rest of the movie with my hands over my ears, sort of, like, half listening, just in case, like, another jump scare happened. The movie was already creepy enough as it is, but that really put me on edge. Yeah. And, yeah, it just, yeah, I, it took me years to get over that bit. Like, I could, if I was watching it on tape, if I was watching it on TV, I, I just couldn't watch that scene. Like, I'd just close my eyes, I'd leave the room during that <laughs> scene, because I didn't want to be jump scared again by the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> What's the next movie you've got? So next movie I have on my list was
0: another messed up movie Return to Oz. Oh yes, have you seen this? movie? Yeah, I certainly have, and I think it's still. I, stand I saw by it. I saw it as
1: a teenager, though, so it wasn't too okay. bad. Well, I watched it as a kid. Yeah, I, I couldn't I, imagine that. I don't know if I watched The Wizard of Oz. I was. I used to watch The Wizard of Oz all the time. I
0: was definitely watching things like The Neverending Story, so oh, I which of, I also found terrifying. Which, <laughs> which, uh, so like there was. It, it kind of fit the the theme, but watching this movie now, I, anyone who's not familiar, it's the sequel set many, like, yeah. filmed many years so after. So,
1: Feruza Bulk plays uh, Dorothy in that movie. Yes, yes. but And she's being sent to a mental asylum. because yes. She won't stop talking about, like, the Land of Oz and all so the magical you, characters you know, there. This sequel to this movie about a,
0: a girl going off in a magical adventure starts off with her in a mental asylum,
1: her being strapped to a bed. And she doesn't have Toto anymore, because presumably Toto was taken away and killed.
0: Yeah, and machines are running tests on her. She's she's getting like things attached to her head. Probes, yeah. So it's that's traumatizing enough. Kid Maddie D is not having a good time so far. When she goes to Oz, mm-hmm. she meets this woman that has. A gallery full of faces.
1: Yeah, she's got heads that she puts on. And she
0: puts on the heads, which yeah, that was is scary. so scary.
1: And I think she's after Dorothy's head. I, that's right. Yeah, she wants Dorothy's head. Which that's so... For, and I think once she removes the head, you don't have a face. Oh, my God. I don't know. I, it, no, just, she takes her head off her shoulders. And so she just has like this neck with no head on it. <laughs> she has sort of like this ornate neck piece that the head slots into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has all right. these different heads that she has in storage. And she'll just go and swap them out.
0: Yes and I know other people find the the wheelers, the wheelers really yeah. creepy and really scary I did not because I never made it that far in the movie.
1: It's <laughs> okay. another one where I was just like a bot Abort. So, you abort. didn't even make it to The Wheelers. You would have found The Wheelers frightening <laughs> had you gotten that far into yes, the movie. Yes, yes, yes. The Wheelers would be a conversation with my therapist. But no, I, I was too scared. I like that you're talking about movies that you couldn't even finish. Yes. Like, all of these movies I watched multiple times. But
0: the thing but is, yeah. is that these images stayed with me. These things stayed with me well after watching the movie itself. So, yeah, I was scared at the time. But days and days I'd yeah, be like, absolutely, there's, I know exactly a wo- how you feel. there's a woman out there. She's after my face. And my parents would be like... It's an actor. It's you know. It's a movie.
1: Don't worry about it. i will be like,
0: okay, okay.
1: And then at night, oh, forget about it. You have to contend with the what? the Meccano Baby, <laughs> as well as the the Wheelers. Or no, sorry, the that princess with the head, the roof. and of course, and they,
0: the witches as well. If you think about them, then that makes it worse because then they'll be coming. <laughs>
1: Do you remember the scene in The Witches where there's a boy up a tree and, like, no. the, the witch comes and tries to, to lure him and abduct him? And the way of her trying to lure him down from the tree is like, check out this cool snake I have. <laughs> like, I would not come down the tree if, if no. like, a random woman came over and was like, come down the, the, the tree, child. I've got a snake for you.
0: Yes. But,
1: yeah, um Return to Oz, I think, deserves to be
0: a deserves to be on the list to anyone who watches so it would have been traumatized by oh,
1: it. Oh, no, I'm with you there. I found it scary as, a, like, a teenager. Yeah. Like, I thought it was way too intense as a teenager, but I wasn't frightened because I was older, but yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mum and Dad, for making me watch that movie. (laughs) Just bad judge of character, I suppose. (laughs) They should have known how sensitive you were. Yeah. What's funny is the reason that I actually wasn't allowed to watch any of the Batman movies as a kid, the reason I didn't watch Batman nineteen eighty nine, Batman Returns, so on and so forth, the reason that I wasn't allowed to watch them as a kid was because my parents were like, They're gonna be too frightening for you. They and would Kieran. have
0: been Kieran, come on, you'd have been like oh, Absolutely, absolutely Jack Nicholson getting plastic. So that that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that was pretty intense. He well, falls the, I'm, in the I'm, acid. Also, I'm also thinking about the like the second movie, the Batman Returns well, one. Same with me, and everybody, everybody in my family, because I have
1: two brothers. We weren't allowed to watch the Danny DeVito movie until a certain age. Which fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. That's an intense movie, though. Yeah, and it was definitely aimed at kids, and a lot of kids were traumatized. It was it's one of the reasons? No, it was Temple of Doom is the reason that they have the PG thirteen rating in in America. Oh, really? Just because you know it's too intense for a PG. And not intense enough for what they call R in the US, which is our M. Okay. But what yeah, about you? Uh, I'm going to get to my third. You're oh. going to laugh at me because it, it's it's a movie that stars one of your favourite actors. But- uh- I'm gonna to get to my third one in a sec, but you were talking about movies that you couldn't finish watching. Yeah. For some reason, when I was a kid, as I said, we had laser discs as well as a VHS player. So we had a collection of laser discs as well as VHSs. And one of the movies that we had on Laser Disc was an American werewolf in London, the horror comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked at the front cover and it had like a picture of a cool werewolf on it. I was like, <laughs> Mom, can I watch this werewolf movie? And she's just like, You may, but I-, I have to watch it with you, just in case you find it too scary. And I was like, okay, cool, let's let's watch it. I put it on and, like, the first maybe 15 minutes is all right. But then one of the main characters gets ripped up by a werewolf, like, really violently and graphically <laughs> so within the first 15 minutes. And, like, he's just lying there, like, with his guts hanging out. And I was just like, oh, my God. And my mom's like, do you want to keep watching? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can keep watching. And I was all fine with that. And then the friend, like, comes back in the movie as, like, a spirit. Okay. But the friend is, like, he, he comes back and he's, like, ripped up and he's got, like, flesh hanging off his face. And you can see his organs. And he's covered with blood and he's like trying to warn the main character that he's turning into a werewolf because he's been bitten by a werewolf and survived mm-hmm. but the friend was was killed. Yeah. And as the movie progresses, the friend keeps coming back, but he's in varying states of decay each time he comes back, but he's a spirit. Yeah, exactly, but he's just rotting as his body rots in the in the real world. Oh, wow. So yeah, each time you're seeing he's just more and more like decayed. Is that as a gag or is that It's a gag, to- yeah. Okay. And it's like really good uh, special effects. So, it's really realistic looking special effects. And that was too much for me. I had to turn off the movie. I was like, mom, the the zombie man is way too scary. I can't watch this anymore. And so, I didn't finish watching that movie until I was an adult. I didn't go back to it until I was in my 20s. Can you believe that? (sighs) But anyway, the movie that was on my list, it was another movie I saw in the cinemas. It was either 95 or 96. I don't remember the exact year. Mm -hmm. But it was Jumanji. A movie we've talked about before on this show multiple times. I I am not going
0: to make fun of you because I remember watching Jumanji. I watched that on tape. I saw of, it in the cinema. Yeah. but I, I definitely remember times in that movie where I was like, Ooh, like it was it was tense. You were sitting on edge because you were kind of scared that
1: they. That is gonna a get really them. intense movie, especially for a kid. I would have been about six or seven Sinking at the time. Sinking into the floor. No, the the things that stand out to me as being particularly frightening was the the monkeys, the CGI monkeys. I really didn't like those. <laughs> Uh, the giant mosquitoes that would kill people. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you remember that? They're in the yeah. car and like the mosquitoes like tapping on the glass and Robin Williams is just like, just as long as he can't get through the glass, we'll be fine. And they're like, the nose? What, what would you call it? Like the, the spike of the mosquito oh, yeah, like yeah. goes uh, yeah. through the glass. And we see like a woman who's been bitten by the mosquitoes just lying dead in her car in one scene. I always thought that was terrifying. Like, those mosquitoes, if they bite you, you die. Those kids are in peril constantly throughout the movie. There's a lion- there's like plants that like try and pull you into like a giant Venus flytrap mouth. There's the giant spiders when Robin Williams stuck in the floor, and those weird sort of like mechanical yes. spiders come skittering out and try and bite him. And the oh boy, so many frightening scenes in that movie. True. The hunter, the hunter who's his oh, He was the whole awesome. Time. He was awesome. Van Pelt, Love yeah, that I found guy. him really intense and scary. But yeah, yeah, everything in that movie was just from start to finish, from opening scene to closing scene, was just way too frightening for me yeah. at the time. I was terrified it, but then I walked out of the movie being like, "That was really scary, but I really liked it. And I couldn't wait to watch it again." So
0: it was a good experience. It was overall. a good experience. You like was- it wasn't
1: too traumatizing. Like it was very frightening, and so many things like really upset me. But it was one of the few movies at that time where I walked away being like, "I was really scared, but it was a good kind of scared."
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because sometimes you can be scared as a kid in a movie, and it kind of intrigues you. Like, yeah. In a good way rather than being like scared
1: under your covers, <laughs>
0: not wanting to yeah. leave the
1: house. Also, Kirsten Dunst dies in that movie as well. Do you no, remember at the doesn't. end of the movie? Yeah, she dies. And no. the only way that they get her to survive is by reversing. They finish the game and reverse the effects. Yeah, yeah. Well, she and doesn't then die she- at the end. Yeah, she doesn't die at the very end. She's shown to be okay at the end and they don't know them. Uh, Judy yeah. was her name. But in the movie, something happens to her and she I think she gets she gets poisoned. She gets shot by a poison plant. Like the evil plant shoots her with like poison barbs and she dies. Yeah. And I remember as a kid being like, Oh my god, they killed Judy. She's dead. And the kid turned into a monkey.
0: I remember that <laughs> he turned into a monkey. Way too intense. That that was that was pretty grotesque. Like the yeah. the, the makeup that he had, all the
1: like. Costume. And he was a monkey for the rest of the movie. <laughs> the only way that they like, got him back was by like re- finishing the game and reversing the effects. Mm. Well, it,
0: ha- it had a happy ending, so it was all good, right? At the end of the day,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's why I sort of like came round on it at the end, because I'm like, well, they are all happy in the end. Everyone's fine. A movie that just comes to mind, just because you open a can of worms for me, that uh, one that traumatized me was the Thunderbirds movie. I was going to bring that up. Because that's yeah. what I thought you were talking about when you were talking about Toy Story. Because there was an episode of- was it yes. a, Was it the Thunderbirds movie or was it just an episode of the Thunderbirds? I don't know. if it, I think it might have been a movie, but- there, It was- oh, I think it might have been an episode now. It might have been an episode, so I guess it doesn't count as a movie, but yeah. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that I thought you were going to bring it up, but then yes. you ended up going Toy Story. Because there's the famous Matty D story. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to our older podcast might know- But there's a character in it Correct me if I'm wrong There's the bad guy character And his foot gets stuck in a door And his (laughs) only way of escaping Is by like removing his shoe And leaving his shoe behind And for some reason That was traumatic to young (laughs) men Yes
0: I was so scared of that I don't know why But yeah But he lost his shoe He lost his shoe In the door Like he tried to escape out of the door And he's walking around With with one shoe on and one shoe off
1: Yeah Terrible And I remember the last time So this was back in our old show Guess Mm -hmm. What One of the early episodes Of Guess What Which is actually still available On iTunes
0: Oh great
1: so maybe don't go back and listen to that show <laughs> We were very different people back then It was yes. in a different time We certainly talked about movies a fair bit on that show And I remember we were talking about movies that traumatised us It's almost like we're recycling <laughs> old material and I talked about watching Fire in the Sky, the famous scene in Fire in the Sky. There's the alien the alien experiments, which made me turn off the movie and never come back. But another movie I remember mentioning was a movie called Fried Green Tomatoes, which was sort of a romantic movie. I don't really remember a lot of it. And one of the characters is walking on a train track with, a, with, with another character. I remember where this is going, yes. And his foot, this was going back to your, you know, his shoe, he's got his shoe stuck. His foot gets stuck on the train tracks and there's like a train bearing down on him and I I I left the room without ever seeing if he survived or not and to this day I mean I could look it up and find <laughs> out to this day I don't know if he survived being hit by the train or not
0: but more importantly Kieran does he get his shoe because if he doesn't get I his shoe I don't think that's important to Oh yours. my
1: god I just can't deal yeah, If he if he jumped off the train tracks and survived death but his shoe was left there <laughs> Maddie D would have been like no sorry <laughs> I can't deal with that <laughs> Just his shoe being poor his poor shoe being stuck up there on the train. It's such a vivid memory for me. I don't know
0: why it bothered me so much that he lost his
1: shoe. I actually re-listened to that episode recently, which is why it was so clear in my memory that I actually tried to find that episode. I read like a plot description where they mention it, but I could not find the episode itself.
0: Oh, okay. So it was a TV episode. I'm pretty
1: sure it was an episode.
0: guess marionettes are pretty creepy as well, though.
1: So maybe that's
0: that's part of it. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I'd definitely say so. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up for another week. Yes. Oh, anybody who has a traumatizing movie? Let us know your favorite childhood movie. And let us know a movie as well Or maybe however many you can think of Movies that just absolutely traumatized you as a kid Matilda Any of the Goosebumps movies But I want to know people's I want to know people's favorite childhood movies as well Yeah Because they're the ones that hold the special place in your heart And
0: tell us your opinion on our favorite movies as well Whether they're movies you have fond
1: memories of or Well I don't want people to like bag out (laughs) movies that we like they can give an opinion if it's a positive one.
0: <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna ban any negative opinions. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. I think
1: that's, think that's healthy. I don't want people coming and being like, "Man, Peter Pan sucked. That was the worst Disney movie." And Peter Pan Paul- did not suck. So you're wrong if you say that. I don't that. want people to break poor Maddie D's heart. So oh, you're
0: looking out just, for me. Just protecting you here. Yeah, don't want to be don't want me to be traumatized.
1: <laughs> but yeah, let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can send us an email at potential at gmail You can hunt us down on our social media pages, Potential Spoilers Pod, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What am I doing? Why am I giving out the email as the social media? Potential Spoilers Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Mm -hmm. Several places you can contact us. Indeed. Now, before we leave for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. As is standard, we're returning to another episode of Actual Spoilers, where we go back and look at a movie we've covered in the past and see how close we got to predicting the plot. And it's finally time. This has been one that has been a long time coming. I have been sort of dreading going back and, and re exploring this movie just dreading from the just from the I don't know. The, the prospect of watching the movie again And then revisiting our plot again is Feels like a massive daunting task Because next week we're going back and seeing How close we got to predicting the plot of Tenet Yes, this was a big episode for us It's our most popular episode So a lot of eyes and ears were on that original episode So And a big movie at the time as well Yeah People really it loved It was our favourite movie of 2020 <laughs> So we finally get to go back and watch it again
0: Yes, yes There's a lot of opinions we have on Tenet And I'm yeah. sure it's going to end up in a fight Yes um, and we had a lot of theories about that movie. Yes.
1: So I can't believe of all the predictions out there, the one that was the most popular is probably one of the most embarrassing predictions we've ever done. I can't wait to talk about it next <laughs> week. So, yeah. Yes. I'm going to rewatch the movie for the first time. Until then, we'll see you next week. Five. Four. Four.
0: Birds are go. Turn
1: it off. Turn it off. Turn
0: it off. <sighs>
1: I hey.